Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for the only wrestling podcast on earth. There are no others. It's the only one on earth. The rest, fake. Not real. Bunch of has-been hacks or no-name nobodies talking wrestling. We are the only legit wrestling podcast on the internet. That's Lars Fredrickson. That's a still. I'm the best-looking wrestling podcast host on the whole internet. I'm Dennis Farrell. Close enough, or close second. Uh, what's going on, guys? It's time for our monthly email segment. We're breaking everything up into uh, each week. This week, we're doing emails, and every week, every month on this week. So we have a shitload of emails, and I don't even mean to cuss, but Guys, we have a ton of stuff to get to. I'm so excited. How was your week before we jump in, guys? I mean, I, I had a really good week. A lot. Um, I uh, just kind of... around. What about you, Ace? I was in Vegas for the TNA Hard to Kill pay-per-view, the relaunch. It was badass. The action was insanity. It was good stuff. Good stuff top to bottom both nights. Um, highest grossing show in 10 years for TNA at the Palmas wow. Casino. So it was great. Yeah, it was great stuff. It was, it was a really positive weekend. Um, happy to be home. Always happy to be home. Love home. And then we uh, followed up with Orlando this weekend. And uh, other than that, yeah, man, happy to be home. Got dogs roaming around. You see a giant head. That's Rupert the, the Great popping in. But, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Love to hear all the emails. Well, We'll start out with one about me and TNA, by the way. This comes from Percy. Hey, Dennis, you fucking dweeb. Uh, you're the only one that hated the TNA rebranding, and it's been nothing but a home run since. How do you like that one? Choke on a big fat one, you dumbass. Uh, Sounds listen. like it's personally addressed. <laughs> Sometimes these things happen, and I never said it wasn't going to be good. My only complaint back when they announced this was this was a company that went from TNA to Global Force, the Impact, the Impact this color, and it never felt stability. And then all of a sudden it goes back to TNA. I just felt like it was just 
turbulent waters at the time. Like, I don't know if it felt like a gimmick to me, but it just didn't feel like it was the right time. It, it's been nothing but a home run, I, and I knew it would be great. But I just thought, guys, a, a company that's been through this many name changes, it, it, it just didn't fit well with me at that moment. Well, the only place where I would sort of disagree with you, well, there's a lot of places I would disagree with you but, <laughs> with, but um, I feel like no matter what that company's been called, you still think about it as TNA. And I think that's that's the reason why it's been a home run. You know, even though it was Vince Russo and, and his little play on words or whatever, um, you know, I don't think people, uh, generally uh, wrestling fans today don't know who Vince Russo is don't know what his contribution to the wrestling business is good or bad. Right. So I, I honestly don't think that, you know, people are seeing it the way that, that it was originally intended. Is, 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 is your dog playing with firecrackers? Yeah, that was his ears. <laughs> He's so big. His ear sounds like firecrackers. He's chewing on the one and only ace still action figure. <laughs> there are none. It's already been chewed up by another dog from long ago. Um, I, I never I, I get the idea of rebranding of going to like let's try impact. They were that for I don't even know how long or the global force was another like swerve of, of bits and I, I don't understand that. It's always been TNA to me. It's always been TNA, good, bad, or indifferent. And I at least go with I certainly go with the idea of the matches and iconic things that, that made it with like the cruiserweight division, the X division. It it was just a to be an extension and then, you know, broadening the future of the X division had no weight limits, you know? So when I see a guy like Jake something in the X division, I'm like, what? But he's the base for these guys to fly off and do stuff. Much like Malenko was a base for like Mysterio. So you see the incredible stuff you've never seen before. So uh, I'm excited for it. It was great. It was great to see it and how it came off with, you know, people with the rally towels. Um, the brand should stay this way, I think. You know, just keep it here. Uh, they tried. They went with Impact. It is what it is. Um, you know, and here we are. All right. Uh, Doug wants to know, before the Outcasts, Ruby started to come out to a different theme song. Lars, huge question here. <laughs> you guys have never talked about it. But was Ruby still allowed to use the Ruby Soho music? How come it wasn't in the video game? Did she have to sign the deal even to use the Ruby Soho name? Whoa. Okay. So that's like three parts. So what was the first part? Uh, she started coming out to a different theme song before the She's outcast. Obviously, I don't know, necessarily know of coming out to a rancid sort of hit song. And I mean, I'm not saying that's like toot toot, but I will. But um, I don't necessarily know if that's very heel. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if the song is heelish. I feel like that's babyface Ruby Soho. So... I'm sure if she goes back to it, I mean, she's got the rights to use that song for as long as she's in that company, you know, and I think it was three years or however long that she was going to be there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I feel that was like so long ago she can use it and not use it. As far as the video game going, um, that's a whole separate thing. So when we did the the music rights for AEW, I don't necessarily remember if there was a video game even being planned. So that would have to be a totally different thing. 
Does that make sense? Because when you when you sign over your music for somebody to use, it's like it has to be like, well, we're going to use it in the video game too, or we're going to use it like this, or we're going to use it like this, we're going to use it like this. Since we own the song and the master, it's it's got to be clear to us what they were using for. So. I'm assuming there was no video game clause in the in the contract because I think it was before that, so that's probably why it's not there. Um, and what was the last part of it? Um, did she have to sign a deal to use the name Ruby Soho? No, 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 no. I mean, we get it's like no, the band. The only the only thing that we were when she wanted to use the song that be, that moves it into a whole different thing because you can't. You, when you when you talk about streaming and and public broadcasting of a song, it, it, it's it's illegal for AEW to do that. Um, I think without written permission. I think it, I, I I think that's the way it works. I'm, I'm I don't know, man. It's like I'm kind of close, but the, she never signed a deal with us to use the song. But we we own you know the rights to Ruby Soho. Does that make sense? Because it's our song, but it's we don't own her. Let, that's her trip let me ask you this as a fan who was there during the ruby soho episode who you know i think you and i uh, ace you weren't there but feels part of this legacy that she's building did you could you ever imagine yourself maybe recording or doing like a hill version of ruby soho that might be ominous or sound cool for her no because it that's you know i mean i'm sure I don't know, man. It's like it's like going back and re-recording something. You can't. That there was that was a moment in time that will last for. Obviously, it's that was 1995 when we recorded that song, and it's just getting used now for a professional wrestling entrance. It's like that's a moment in time that's captured. So to go back and try to change it or whatever, I don't know really what you could do to it. I mean, because it's so ingrained into people's heads, it's like. I don't. I don't necessarily know if it's if that would be something I'd, I would even entertain. To be honest, what do you think, Ace? Um, I you know sparking that talking about going into video games. I do recall one of the WCW video games that had Hogan coming out to uh, the Jimi Hendrix version of uh, Oh shit, Voodoo uh, Child, Voodoo Child, and I recall it. And I remember just having the game. And thinking that was pretty cool that it came out to it, but never even thinking about all the copyright issues or signing this. And who knows back in even right then. But then again, that was still in a a time in the world where I'm sure everybody got their cut. Um, But, you know, what it costs to get that song, because you certainly wouldn't see a a Hogan pop out on a new video game with with Voodoo Child at all. It's all real American stuff. Um, That brings up, it actually sparked an interesting question for you, Lars, is that. You see a lot of, and I hate the, the, to use this with the, with the Chiefs at the helm with uh, Taylor Swift, but it was brought up to her to re-record her music because she did not own it. So that way, when it's played, she would get royalties off of it. Have you always owned your music? No, um, that came later on. Uh, okay. It came with um, other record deals. And Brett Gerwitz, you know, I felt like really wanted to take care of us. So it's in, and that was just kind of, you know, some inside baseball that I can't really get too lost in, but um, as far as Taylor Swift and that plant to try to get more young people to watch NFL football makes perfect sense to me. (laughs) 
you know, it's like if you see all the calls going the Chiefs way and all these things, I mean, the NFL is probably, <laughs> no, but I mean, no, think about this. The NFL is, is probably one of, I mean, it's a, it's a giant corporation. It's, it's corrupt as fuck. So they're going to, you know, they protected Tom Brady, you know, even though he was a fucking cheater. Right. And so now they got Taylor Swift. They got this whole other audience. It's like it's to their best interest to shine a light on that because that's going to draw the, the casual fan and maybe hook somebody to it. So it makes perfect sense. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl winning it and it, primarily because it's advertising money. It's like they know now that Taylor Swift's going to be at a Chiefs game. There's a great chance Taylor Swift's going to be on the screen at some point during that game. Advertisers know this. Advertisers are now going to bid higher to get their commercial on that particular game. So you cannot tell me that this is not a PR stunt. I am married to a PR genius. That was her field. She doesn't even work in that field anymore because she was she did so well. Do you understand? So it's like, I can see this whole thing. It's like, I've never seen Travis Kelsey in more commercials now. I wonder why. If I'm a, if I'm a corporation... I'm going to want that. I want, I want Taylor Swift's boyfriend in my commercial because that's always where the line's going to be, you know, connected. There's always going to be a connection now. You know what I mean? So it makes perfect business sense on, on, in that regard. And I know this is not a football show, but this is the biggest fucking plant in sports history. It, it is. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, and, it, and now people are seeing through it and are annoyed by it. It's, it's like... That to me tells me there's an element of it not being real. Can you can you flash the word work when he starts talking about this? Like later in the repost, it's all the work. <laughs> I seriously thought when I watched uh, whatever you know, and I'll admit I'm a fair weather fan. I'm wearing a Cubs jacket, but when the Cubbies were going with the World Series in Cleveland, like a game or two before was nothing special, and come right out of the right out of the gate cracking homers, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, it all things just. I don't know. I, I'm in a work business, so I'll always buy the work. Uh, from Adam Bomb, MJF, whether he's really a free agent or not right now today, where do you think the best landing spot, in your opinion, for the next phase of his career is? Now, I'll start out, and I like it or hate it, I think it's back in AEW right now. I think – the the work he's done f- throughout his AEW career has been phenomenal. The stuff he did the last six to eight months where he was this happy-go-lucky comedy act, I think ruined everything he's built up, being an asshole to fans, uh, you know, this, this really trying to put the work into being a heel on the field and off the field just has gone away for me. When he's now, you know, doing a comedy act with with Adam Cole going to WWE right now might make him a lot of money. But I think he really needs to rebrand himself and come back as an asshole for me. In in my opinion, uh, I just I just think he took two steps backwards with with whatever acts he's doing. We are our own worst enemy. And I think he fell into that. He did too much comedy, too much comedy, working matches. Like he would put on half main event level. Um, and I mean, he put on main event level matches, but what I'm saying is he would go the ways of a house show match with a little more Gaga, 
with a little more, you know, walk and talk, not even walk into, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with working the crowd, but even if the ratings are up, you're killing the legitimacy of what he helped build. Like through a program with Punk, he had, Punk wasn't going to let that be anything but legitimate and like, and you know, an angry vendetta between the two. There was going to be no, oh, I found him at the candy store. Oh boy, here we go. Like that type of thing. Or let's go to the gym together, the buddy cop movie. Um, you know, Stone Cold didn't go that way with Angle until they were both hurt and they were just looking for something else. But it's always been said that Vince himself doesn't like a comedy act. He's got to see you as a serious wrestler. Then some of the comedy trickles in. I need to see more serious wrestlers. So I, I agree with you. I think he needs to stay there, legitimize himself as a serious wrestler, and then move on. Yeah, I feel two different ways about it. I feel like if he stays there, he's going to get injured beyond belief. Because I, obviously it's like the inmates run the asylum there. And I don't think that wrestlers sometimes – I feel like, you know – Wrestlers have really good ideas. Obviously, you know, we see, you know, who can think for themselves and who can't. Um, but I definitely believe that like him in a more structured environment, we could see him to his full potential because I feel like he's young and he's so gifted and talented and he's light years ahead of anybody in the business. And he's always, you know, been one of my favorites, but I just don't necessarily know if I, I, I see his his career shortening by staying in AEW just because I feel like it's, I feel like there's a lot of unnecessary stuff that gets, you know, physical in the physical realm that gets taken. And I feel like, I mean, he's injured now for Christ's sake. So it's like, you know, I, I, I think he needs more structure, but I feel like no matter where he goes, if he has good people around him, it's just like a band or anything else. Being a wrestler, you're an individual guy. And you, if you're willing and, you know, if you're open-minded to listening to others with more experience, you will get to the next step. If you don't, you will always stay where you're at and you will go stagnant at some point. Uh, yeah, boy, you make a good point there. But do you think, and this is for the table here, I think... If he went too early to WWE, let's say, you know, in the middle of the best work as a heel that we've seen. I mean, we've all praised him at one point on what he did with that heel role, revolutionizing it from what we've seen in the last 20 years. If he went to WWE, they would have just ruined that themselves. I mean, the WWE, we know when Vince was there, he would not have been allowed to be that MJF. Now, the MJF he is now. Sure, he can go to WWE, still be that guy. I don't know if it helps him or hurts him, but does that make he, sense? He, sure, hundred uh, percent. Um, and obviously, I agree with Lars. We've talked about this many a time that you're not going to get better unless you work with better people or better people that can school you and help you along and learn. Otherwise, you already hit your plateau. You're just going to do some decent versions of what you're doing, but you're never going to grow. Um, he does need NXT to grow. He does need WWE to grow. Um, he needs the veterans to grow. It, it depends if he goes that far and has those programs. If he's waiting to come back and have a program with Adam Cole, I think they're the same level. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't see growth. I see an end to that and let's move on. 
but obviously I, I agree with Lars because that would be defying everything I've ever said. You don't get better unless you work with better people. Yeah, and the thing with that he was getting into with Samoa Joe was was going to be a Mac. You know, it was beautiful, but the way that they laid it out was completely it didn't make me care. No, like we knew we knew the match was going to be good. We knew that him in there with Joe, who's a consummate freaking professional, right? Who can have a a great match with the broomstick. I mean, that's that's how good Samoa Joe is. Like, I was looking forward to that. I was like, oh, this this is going to be great, and this is exactly where MJF needs to be. And but you know, obviously that got a little side sidetracked. One last thing before we move on to the next question: MJF, if he goes to WWE, do you put him in X, NXT? Do you throw him in the main roster? He's in NXT. NXT. I think so too. I it going to the main roster right away has I think, no benefit to him. I no, not at all. I, and I think that the WWE audience probably doesn't have even have an idea who he is. It's it's like two different worlds, man. In a lot of ways, I think unless I just, you're like a a big caliber star, like a CM Punk, like a Rock, like an USO, like a you know. Cody Rhodes, I, I don't think they know you that well. I don't think they, they know the drama. I don't, I, you know, I don't necessarily know if they know you like in the AEW, uh, AEW audience likes to know their brand. Do you, do you think, did you, did you hear the people, if you watched, and I watched, of course, because it's our guy, but I watched both his match, Punk's match at, at, at MSG and at the Forum in LA and MSG crowd at the end was chanting, you still got it. What do you mean you still got it? He fucking wrestled for the last few years. So that tells you right there, there's a part of their audience that's not as, as tuned in as we all think this internet versus, and I'm not damning all the internet universe here. It's just, there is, it's still, again, a niche market. It's, it's a niche audience. Not everybody hops online to delve and go down the rabbit hole. It doesn't happen. And those people that chanted that, that just simply proves what we just all said. You go to NXT, who's this new guy? Who's Maxwell Freedom or Friedman? Freedom. There's a new gimmick for him. Well, <laughs> well he'll was, be, regardless, he's going to be successful no matter where he goes. Oh, yeah. It, it, you, you just brought up something, Ace. He goes to NXT, comes out with a whole new name. I, I don't know if I could get behind that would be so but you hard. don't but you don't but you don't know that you're still working off of the old Vince McMahon days we're we're, we're looking at WWE now as a pro wrestling company again yeah and it, they're showing us that and if you watch the product it's not that hard you can make the distinction and it's a true and very 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 clear distinction of what Vince McMahon was doing and what Triple H is doing and I got to tell you, it's pro wrestling again. I, I think you're right. But the Lexi King thing, which we have some emails about him, still kind of weirds me out because it's, you know, I don't know if it's Brian Pillman's kid, not Lexi King. And I get the story. I, I don't want to be known for my dad. We'll talk about this in the emails. I didn't mean to bring it up now. But Paul Myers, I know how much you guys love TNA, but with Rick Boogs, Riddick Moss, Shelton Benjamin, and Elias, all free agents right now. Which one of those guys would you pick to sign them to that roster? Please pick one. Ooh. Sheldon. 
Boy. 100% agree, 100% agree on that. Sheldon would be great there. Um, Boogs, I think, just stated he stopped wrestling. So, Or did he? I, I thought so. Maybe I read it incorrectly. It was a headline, so maybe it was just a, a you know, I mean, click and get more. But well, As far as entertainment value, I thought he had it. I just think that, you know, where they were pushing him and what he was doing was just a little, I mean, I don't know, irrelevant. I, I I may have to go with Elias here. You know, at times when they were right with Elias, he was good. He's good in ring. He has the look with a little bit of rebranding, which you're going to have to do anyways. And, and with the way that roster set up, I really think that guy could come in there and, and be main event status right away. I like Elias. Um, not just as a person, but I liked him as a talent. I liked there was something there. It was getting over with the people. Um, and, and work-wise, he, I thought he did well in all the matches that he, that I'd seen him work, you know, he was a credible talent. Um, I think he'd be, I think he'd be another one. He'd be your, I think Sheldon, just because Shelton's been working so long that he could be, if he's got his promo behind him, which by now I would, I would hope he does. Um, he's got his promo behind him. He could walk in and be a main event guy. And then, you know, build, you know, if he's into that at this point. I don't know at his age, he I think he and I are about the same age and you know, close to fifty. I'm fifty, I'll be fifty-one. But he's in that ballpark. He's just been an, another anomaly where like, you know, we know what a mechanic he is. Mm-hmm. We've got him around, you know. Maybe he's not into reinventing himself again, you know. He's it's not the days of going to Japan or doing the Ring of Honor. Maybe he's not into that, you know. But I think it'd be a great spot for him. Joey Stratham says, now that Shelly's lost a TNA heavyweight title, I turn him hill. I turn I would turn Shelly Hill and have him turn on Chris Saban. What do you guys think? I don't like it. Uh, you know, talking to Saban many times, I can tell you right off the bat, Saban and Shelly have no interest in turning on each other. Uh they're they're tag team guys. They've always been tag team guys. And there's something to be said in wrestling for a tag team that just doesn't turn on each other. We always expected, oh, it's going to come. When's it going to come? And they tease it and they tease it. And and I think there's something pure about having the guys like Shelly and Saban, who are originals, just never turn on each other. I kind of like it. Motor machine guns are as iconic to me as the Rock and Roll Express, as the Road Warriors, as the Midnight Express of that era of tag team where it got, where wrestling started to change and teams like the Hardys and the Machine Guns, I I know, you know, there's a few years in between, I get it all. But if you look at them together as a team, I, I will definitely hold them in regard as I would a Rock and Roll Express who never turned on each other. You know what I mean? Road Warriors never turned on each other. You know what I mean? In in, in the ring, anyway. <laughs> but you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like sure. the Midnight Express never did that. They, they're, it's it's too iconic. It's, it's it would be stupid. It, it, it wouldn't, it would be like, it, uh, just, unless it was like going to be, it, if it was at the, if it was the main event at Wembley, it's about drawing money and cool. Why, if it's, I don't think that they would be put in that position there. I think that they 
they they they they they sort of laid the groundwork to what we see as is tag team wrestling today, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really argue that they're they're not that team. I think a lot of other teams like the Young Bucks get credit for. No, it was the Machine Guns. Sorry, you, all you got to do is go back and watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And you'll see where the Young Bucks got everything from. Yep, it was from them. I agree. I agree. I wouldn't turn them on each other. And I am a firm believer of keeping a, a natural organic baby face. And everyone seems to love these two. You don't really, out of the two, Shelly would be the heel. If they're, and I've worked with him when he was heel in Ring of Honor. He was a heel. Um, but he didn't work as a heel so much because we were in our Ring of Honor phase of let's do spots and let's not rake eyes and so much of, you know, like getting some classic heel stuff in. Um, but no, when it comes to TNA, those guys are the, the quintessential baby faces for that promotion, and they are they are the Ricky Steamboats of TNA, so to speak. Nikki from New Jersey says, "I loved your guys' take on Jinder Mahal during your Raw review, and the following week, he did not disappoint. What would you guys do next to elevate him into real main event status, as far as fans go?" Well. I don't necessarily know if it would be in line with WWE and what they're trying to do, but I would definitely all of the anti this and anti that and all of this like wokeness in the world. I would straight make him the Iron Sheik Nikolai Volkov <laughs> at this point, like, but just do an updated version of it. I don't necessarily know if that would fly with WWE and, and TKO productions or whatever, but that's exactly what I would do. I would get him to dig in more to the American psyche. like Those guys did. That's how I, cause I mean, let's just be honest. We're the most divided that we've ever been in our country. There's no middle ground. It's like either I'm right and, or, and you're, you must be wrong, right? Everybody's afraid of words. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, right. You know, you're afraid. People are afraid of words. Words hurt people's feelings. Okay. Whatever. That's where I would I would be like, say some stuff that's gonna hurt some people's feelings. You you know what though, and you said it right though. Uh, if you look back at the way the country was when heels were heels. Iron Sheik, it was kind of the same way, minus the words and the wokeness. The country was divided. There was right and wrong. It was America versus everybody. If you're, and, and you know, uh, I hate to say it this way, but, you know, if if you were not with us, you were against us. And the, the heel turn for Sergeant Slaughter was phenomenal back then. Mm-hmm. And if you, you, I still go back and watch it because I didn't appreciate it then. And now being older, I can go back and look at it with these eyes and go, that was genius. You took G.I. Joe and flipped him heel. And, yeah. and the country could not have hated him more. It, I mean, it took him from we love this American hero, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, all these guys slightly below Hulk Hogan because he was the real American hero and vaulted him to the next level. And I really feel like you could do that with Jinder Mahal right now. Agreed. I wanted to bring Shiki Baby 
in the right here to show you. Hara, hara, Mr. Dennis, you're fucking jabroni. Sorry for the swearing. I don't know any better, Bubba. What do you think, Ace? Um, I, I 100% agree with the words. Um, I, when you brought up Slaughter, I knew where you were going. And, you know, they moved the venue for that mania supposedly because of a bomb threat. Um, I think the bomb threat would actually fucking happen nowadays if people are off the rocker. Um, they would take a performance art and see too much realism in it. Um, somebody would take offense to, and I think, and I love the fact though that Jinder is very smart with his newer take of, if we want to say an Iron Sheik or the anti-American, his anti-American, he was just talking about all our problems in America. It wasn't quite, it was like, you guys are fucked and you're telling me I'm the shits, you know, was, that's how I felt about it. And I was like, my gosh, here, turn the mirror, you know? And uh, I, I think eventually it would, it would, somebody would t- just take issue with it or that may be the smart way they want to go. So you get other people talking about it on their talk shows. It, it depends, but I, I, I ultimately think it would, it would not do the business they wanted it to do. Um, they tried to recreate some stuff with Muhammad Hassan. And we all know if you, if you don't know about him, um, you can ask Sean Devar or find a shoot interview with him. You know, they took a young wrestler and ran him to do the anti-American thing. And unfortunately, the angle they went kind of far with, with a, uh, you know, a, a, a terrorist act had happened around the same time. And that, that was the end of that guy's career. They couldn't repackage him for anything. So it's just too touchy of a subject nowadays to do. It just really is. Jackson says, we made fun of AEW for being WCW 2000. We've made fun for TNA back in the day. Uh, we made fun for e- Impact becoming TNA from back in the day. As far as Global Force Wrestling, the same. What do you guys do now to save this version of TNA to being compared to any other version of that company? I think they're already doing it. I, I If you watch that show reset the tone i i if i'm any other wrestling promotion right now i'm i'm taking notice that's all i can say about it i agree same the same same and it's not just because i'm working there um it's they keep the action going the way they have it going it's what what gave them a bad name is because they were the offshoot you know even when i started there you got different guys that came from WWF at the time that had different names. You had Brian Christopher. Well, he could be Brian Christopher or he's Brian Lawler. Um, you, you had just everybody that was just coming off of WWF TV and it felt no different than any other promotion that I worked for around the horn that brought in Greg Valentine, that brought in Tito Santana back then when they had got let go from the big WWF, um, AWF, if, if you go back in time to the Alperstein days. Um, and if folks out there don't know what I'm talking about, look up a little AWF wrestling and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's not that wrestling was bad, but it hadn't been updated. Like it was, you know, there's quality. Tito Santana and Greg Valentine are fucking great. But if you, right after they're done, you know, you're moving into the Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect era. And if they just revert back to grabbing somebody straight off of WWF TV, or WWE TV or anything that's too, you know, they got so much flack when they brought Hogan and Flair in, though the ratings were good back then. It, it's still a, an era that is buried and still talked about that way just because of, you know, how they did business 
Um, I think mm-hmm. they they keep that they keep it now. The action is on point. The wrestling is on point. It's against anything that you could see out there. I mean, it's 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 top notch stuff going on. And I, I might you know make a face about certain things, but um, to wa- go watch that tag team match that happened on Hard to Kill between the Rascals, the Grizzled Young Veterans, and I have not seen the Grizzled Young Veterans wrestle so hard and go at it so good as uh as they did the other night they're on point with their work it was a rascals it was abc it was just good stuff i think there's a lot to do with the mindset too uh when i watch tna i don't see these spot fests the same with the nwa as well i think those are two companies that has done that has done a great job of taking old wrestling new wrestling mixing it together Making spots mean things, not from start to finish. It still happens at time to time. I get it. But I think from top to bottom, when you watch those pay-per-views, especially the last year and a half in Impact, uh, as NWA, those are two companies that get what wrestling fans want to watch. All right. Edward from North Bay. Be honest, Lars and Ace. Was there ever a chance Punk was going to TNA? <laughs> I think I, I, <laughs> I I don't know. He didn't call me and ask me, so I can't tell you guys. I mean, I think. I, go ahead, Ace. No, no, you got it. You're rolling. <laughs> Right on you. I think that if you're anybody, and I'll just relate this to myself. Back in 1994 and 1995, a lot of people came courting. And we needed to see what was out there. We never said, we're going to do this. We're never going to do that. But we were, at that time, a very wanted band, you know, by a lot of different labels. Where we ended up going is history, you know, it's obviously. So I don't necessarily know. I I can't speak for anybody and I never will. But I will say that, like, I'm sure he, you know, was probably, uh, you know, presented with with situations. You know, I can't be that for sure. But, um, you know, (laughs) I don't see why, you know, you're the I mean, you're one of the greatest wrestlers of all time why wouldn't every wrestling company try to be knocking down your door? What do you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, everyone's knocking on your door for years. He got requests to do interviews or autograph signings. He only does what he does. Um, It's up to him. Um, I will just say, I think he's finishing his story where he should have finished his story and not to go with a storyline. It is truly you know, everyone's got this, this this tagline of finishing a story. I think he need to finish the legacy that he started right then and there. So if that wraps it up, and yes, he did wrestle. T- we wrestled TNA together. Our first pay per view together. That's right. Was at a TNA pay per view. So, but but that's not the legacy that was carried on. Uh, so, did, did he actually? Was he thinking about it? Only he knows. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, Brandon, all wrestling before the Attitude Era is for dads, and it sucked. Wrestling only became good when the Attitude Era started. What's your opinion? Enjoy, enjoy wrestling, brother. <laughs> enjoy wrestling. <laughs> I listen, man. I uh, brother Cirillo, serious question. I mean, I'm a dad, so it's like I can't even really like. Those are the pay per views I go back and watch over and over again. So it says something about lasting the test of well, time. I guess it's it's about if you like a story being told, if you if you if you buy into the good versus evil. I think the video game generation has a different take on, on the world. I mean, my wife is 10 years younger than me and her view of, of the world is a completely different thing. It's not better or worse. And she doesn't call mine worse. So when you have this attitude that like, it's for this or it's for that, then you're being a closed minded moron. So it's 100%. like, how do you even, how do you even respond to that? It's like, I had a friend of mine's dad who referred to China still as red china and it's like how am i going to argue that with somebody because to me that's just saying and it's not his fault or whatever it is but, but you know what i'm saying it's like it's it's when people have those kind of strong opinions i think it's great you know you should you know you're, you're entitled to your own opinions but you're not entitled to your own facts well, speaking of hot takes, here's a good one, guys, that you're going to love. I could not wait to get this. is the last email of the show. I saved this for you guys. This comes from Ray Pickerings. I always thought Eddie Guerrero was one of the greatest wrestling talents of all time. Top 10 easy. But recently, I found out he's never had a single five-star match rated from Dave Meltzer. It's crazy to realize how wrong I was about him. Even the Young Bucks have a five-star match, and they're utter shit. So what does that say about Eddie? <laughs> Enjoy, guys. I thought you would have a blast with this one. Uh, sit back. <sighs> it's emails like this that bring me a smile, that make this sitting here with you guys worth it, that bring us together as a wrestling community. Enjoy. Okay, so here, here's the thing. The only thing that I will give Meltzer is that he actually went to school for journalism. <laughs> He's like the only one. So all of the other internet guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's there's a few of them uh, who consider themselves wrestling journalists. Uh, the five-star match was, I believe, invented by Jim Cornette. Yes. If, if memory serves me correct. And I feel like this very, and it was even a smaller niche uh, group of people who were this into it, let's say 25 years ago, right? There was message boards, there was these, Dave had his newsletter and, you know, these things. So what is now commonplace in a certain, I think there's a lot more smarter fans out there, right? I would, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. People, sure. I think following newsletters and and the and internet and Twitter and these things, this is all part of the the fandom experience for some wrestling fans. I don't I don't knock that I you know because I was also one of those guys on message boards, although I might not have posted um, a bunch, maybe twice. Um, I was there to read, 
And there was certain people who would say certain things that I respected because they were in line, their subjective take on a match or a personality or whatever was in line with my thinking. So that's where the cred, I gave them credit for. Does that make sense? So it was like a connection there. Dave Meltzer sort of like, although he does have this credential of being an actual journalist, quote unquote, um, most wrestling journalists, um, you can't really take seriously because I don't think that there's enough evidence to support their opinions because opinions are subjective. So my best friend is in a really good band. I'm probably going to like that band more because he's in it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I'm already going to have this bias. Mm -hmm. And like I've said before, the wrestlers who are my friends, and I say this open and honestly, there's a bias. I'm always going to like what they do because there's something beyond a connection. Now let's just say Dave Meltzer has a, has a deeper connection with the young bucks than an Eddie Guerrero. I'm, I'm, I would assume that Dave Meltzer would give them a five-star match because he knows them personal and he gets probably fed information by them. I mean, you know, I'm only speculating, but I would think that that's probably true. Um, just because I've been around this world for 52 years and I, I kind of know how certain things work. I mean, you know, our businesses are not very different. Okay. So, but when you start judging a person about a five-star match, well, that band sucked because they never had a platinum record, right? And it's like the, some of the greatest bands in the world that you've never heard of, you know, or maybe you have, like Motorhead or the Ramones or GVH or whoever it might be, I can't say that they have a lot of platinum records. But they still go down in the annals of history as these great uh, uh, influencers, okay? Like... When you think about rock and roll and modern day rock and roll, modern day hard music as we know it, you you have to you have to credit Lemmy for Motorhead. But when Motorhead first came out, everybody voted them the most terrible band in the world. But then you fast forward forty years later, and they're this iconic band that never got a five star match. But what they did while they were here proves that they were at the top of their game. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Is everybody following me here? Still with yep. you. I'm with you. Okay. So when you take one person's subjective opinion and then apply it to your own as fact, that tells me that you haven't really opened your mind to really seeing what is actually done. And it's like it's like I can look at a guitar player and I know like a Gary Holt from Slayer Exodus is probably one of the most phenomenal players in the entire world or a Phil Demel. These guys are next level, right? Have they gotten their flowers? No, I wouldn't say that they have, but I definitely agree. would would think that in the annals of history, people will say those guys were the guys. I never look at somebody's judgment and then form my own opinion about that. That's just not the way I, I've been taught. Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero 
was one of the greatest wrestlers the world has ever seen. The Young Bucks, doing what they do, is very exciting, very entertaining. I feel like some of the stuff when they were in TNA was awesome. It was cool. Some of this when they, I would, I went to a few t- PWG shows. Thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was a different take. But once you've seen it, it kind of wears off. Eddie Guerrero, watch any moment in the day, and I'll be transfixed. It's like when a Motorhead song comes on the radio. I'm not going to change it. I'm already in it. The Young Bucks, and it's just my subjective personal opinion. Click. So, it's, it's, I'm not going to call this guy doesn't know what he, he's talking about or whatever, because that's just not fair. It's a, just a different generation. Ace, I've got a point. If you're ready, you can jump in. No, go ahead, Dev. Uh, along the same lines, just be- just because Jethro Tull won a Grammy for Hard Rock Band doesn't make him <laughs> hard rock. All right. Boom. I mean, that's that's basic. I mean, it's you said exactly your point. Um, and wrestling was different. You're talking about Eddie Guerrero, who started at literally the bottom on TV as a cruiserweight to becoming a WWE champion right before everybody's eyes. Um, Go back and watch the way matches were even in the early 90s to, you know, the way matches are today. It's you can't compare the two wrestling styles. It's just totally different. And it's not fair. And I think probably the parameters for a five star match back then were way different than they are now because and I don't know. I didn't follow five star matches or how they were based. But if if in the early two thousands it was like Jim Cornette or whatnot, my the way I would think would be the way a match in the eighties or late seventies was put together would be the basis of what a five star match in the early two thousands would be, if I'm correct or not. I think he went with innovation and yes, based off of what he saw and what was the status quo back then and how the business used to be and how matches evolved and what they thought about it. And from the way I heard heard him explain it between he and a friend, and I cannot think of who that was, um, it was also a way for when they put out some said type of newsletter or whatever, someone in another region would get an idea of, oh, this is what I should take a look at, which is essentially what it is right now, except for the fact that there's such a cult following with all of this that they'll bring out the hatchets and the spears and the and the and the torches that they've got to just kill you because you don't share the same opinion. It's an opinion. The bottom line is an opinion, and it's one guy's opinion. And if you are fixated on that opinion, you don't have one of your own. My opinion is that if you damn everything before, and if you don't think it was that good, like you're so skewed. You're so freaking skewed. You're telling me that these guys that Kurt again this this jumps into from Eddie Guerrero to Kurt Angle, so that ties into Eddie Guerrero Kurt Angle for WrestleMania 20. That wasn't a five star match, okay? Maybe the innovation in it, but they had they told a story throughout. Who comes up with the finish? But Pat Patterson with the boot slipping off. That's amazing. You can't tell me that wasn't genius. Um, 
No, I mean, I, I, I'm not ready to fight anyone over this. It's just laughable because it's an opinion. Uh, but it's opinion on a craft, a craft that isn't practiced by all. Your craft is way different. When you look at those guys, the Young Bucks, their craft is way different than what Eddie Guerrero did. He was a craftsman. They are, they do a different style. Like you said, it's a different flavor. It's a different flavor. Yeah, and, and the last thing I'll say about it is no one has ever built a statue to a critic. And I would prefer, I would respect a wrestler or somebody who's been in the business to give a five-star match before I would be apt to believe somebody who's never stepped foot in a ring before. I mean, that's the best way they ended. I'm, I'm glad that. that. Yeah. I'm glad I saved that email for last because that was the dessert on the top of a great ice cream cone. So, uh, guys, wrestlingperspective at gmail.com. Make sure you go leave your emails once a month. We'll go through and clear out the email bank and make sure we left a few on the table this week. But you know what? Next week we or next month, we promise we'll get to those. We'll get to the new ones. We'll get to them all. Lars, what do you got coming up? Nothing much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm home, and uh, you know I'm I'm going to be doing a few records with some bands. But other than that, like I'm just getting rid of all my shit, and uh, you know, selling off my wrestling some wrestling toys, and just getting rid of the the fodder. But you know what? Let me ask you this. And while you do that, Lars, where can people go if they want to buy some of your memorabilia that you throughout the years? Well, you know, you can always follow me on the gram at Lars Fredrickson and uh, so here's, here's, what, well. here's what you guys need to know. So look at this. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. When Dave Meltzer gets one of these, I'll be more apt to believe in his five-star match. Boy, next week on wow. his podcast, I really hope he pulls one out and be like, look what I just got, guys. Uh, Ace, what are you doing other than eating dinner right before we decide all to record? <laughs> uh, we've got uh, TNA in Orlando this weekend, two TV tapings. That'll be great. Um, I've got a seminar, a workshop is what I call them because we don't sit around and tell stories. We do some work in there. Workshop will be coming up. There's Ruby Soho. I got a workshop coming up in Kansas City um, the weekend. I, I believe we're scheduling uh, February 10th on a Saturday. And it's for experienced wrestlers. We're going more in-depth. If this is your first time doing roles and, and schoolboys, that's not what we're in for. I appreciate you. Please work on your craft. But we're going more in-depth to advance your wrestling skills. Um mostly some of the things i've seen over the last few years with television wrestling which is where everyone's trying to go um and that will be at the kansas city pro wrestling academy uh, and that is what i have going on at the moment all right and lots of canadian destroyers will be taught there too right oh hundreds <laughs> hundreds get checking with pd right now how to exactly do it but yeah Trust i was just me. thinking how many tna guys Abyss, Petey Williams are working for up north now. I oh, mean, yeah. you a ton of them. You you look at that tree, because uh, I know Sanjay Dutt was up there, and he got a lot of those guys in there. He helped Petey get in there. 
He helped, I believe, Abyss or did Abyss go before him? Either way, I mean, if if you would have said, you know, in 2023, PD Williams, like Sanjay had to come through, Abyss is one of the big agents. Jason Jordan is the head agent back there. I mean, you know, Kurt Angle's son. It, it, the guy landed <laughs> on the feet. Uh, I would have been like, you know, considering how you became an agent back in the day and who the agents are now, it's kind of crazy. Molly Holly. Wow. Yeah, it's a different world. I mean, Adam Pierce never, except for doing enhancement work, never stepped in a WWE ring, you know. Uh, but he's one of the, you know, he's a friend, but he's he's one of the, the top producers up there. Jason Jordan is a strictly WWE guy. Um, it's definitely changed your micro tundas, your Pat, Pat, you know, Pat back in the day was more of the Finnish guy, not so much of an agent, but a Jack Lanza for, for instance, like those type of guys. Um, yeah, I mean, the business changes and, and it, it's not a job that it's, it's a different job than it was back then with those gentlemen. And that's not disparaging them in any way, shape or form. It's different to say, go out and give me this. This is what they want. Let's help you with the finish. Now to get on a headset and call the moves and call the action and help be that person that brings the, you know, the vision to your television. Like, it's just a different world. So, yeah, it's crazy, well, though, to think about that. Well, let's wrap it up because I want to watch Dynamite. All right, guys. Uh, the show's over. We'll say our goodbyes off the air. Lars says we're going home. See you guys later. Wrestling Perspective. Email at the bottom. Rate, subscribe. Do all the podcast stuff. We're out. Okay. How'd you get brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain? Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.